Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Today is such a fun one. It's one that definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone a bit. As you guys know, or maybe you don't know if you're new here, but I never really talk about sex, which is obviously a huge part of modern dating and relationships and all that comes with all that dating apps, going on dates, et cetera, et cetera. I've like never really been comfortable talking about sex. I also feel like I have to keep some things to myself. Um, you guys know a lot about my life and, and there are some things that I just would like to keep for me um, and, and those who it is relevant to. So I haven't really talked about it, but there is one specific topic I've wanted to cover for a really long time. And I've been searching and searching for the right guest. It's always been in the back of my mind, like, okay, who can I talk about this with? Who would I feel comfortable enough to talk about this with? And it finally happened. So the topic is really navigating sex and sexual health in the age of hookup culture. It is so confusing out there. Dating is hard enough as is. And then you throw in this whole other layer and people have all different sexual needs, sexual fears, sexual trauma, and things that they don't know how to talk about. They are afraid to talk about because we were never really taught how to talk about it. There are so many different boundaries that we should be setting for ourselves that we don't know how to set for ourselves. And so this is a really, really, really important topic. It's a topic that really, I just needed to find the right guest for. Um, and so I'm so excited. Today, we have Alyssa Lubachek, aka Alyssa Lube, aka Alyssa from The Circle, aka Alyssa from my hometown um, in Westchester, New York. We grew up together. She was a year older than me. And I am so incredibly proud of her and of the work that she is doing in terms of her being like a sex educator and being a relationship coach, but also how she presented herself on The Circle. Um, for those who don't know, The Circle is a Netflix show. It is a reality show. It's kind of like a social media competition. Um, definitely check it out. Check out the new season, season four. Um, that is where Alyssa just was on and it came out recently. It's an amazing season. It's an amazing show with amazing people. Um, but yeah, Alyssa is a sex and relationship coach. and I just really, like I said, I admire the way she spoke about it on the show because people usually think about a sex coach, uh, a sex therapist, and they're like, oh, like they can help me have better sex. And it's like, that's really one of a thousand more important things that they do. And she made that really clear on the show that her mission is to help empower women and to help people work through trauma and work through things that have happened to them so that they can embrace their bodies and their sexuality. And I just think it's so beautiful and it's it's so inspiring and so admirable. So um, I'm really, really, really excited. Alyssa was also just a great person to cheer on and watch on the show. I'm not going to give any spoilers in this episode. Do not worry, but let's get into it. I'm so excited. Let's bring Alyssa in. If you know me, you know that my dating life was riddled with dating anxiety. The second I would get home from a date, the only thing I could think of is like, oh my God, I, I must have done something wrong or maybe he hates me. Maybe I'm never going to hear from him. And I'd be thinking those things even if the date went amazing. And I would literally overthink. I would self-sabotage. I would convince myself that it was over and I would stay up all night, like not being able to sleep, not being able to focus on anything other than how bad this great date actually went. And what helped me get over that and really be able to say like, okay, that was a good date and I'll hear from them. And if I don't like, okay, 
was taking Mindset Wellness CBD's Calm Gummies after my dates. They really helped me just stay present and realize like, okay, I went on a date and I did the best I could and it went the way it went and that's all I can do. And I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to get through my day tomorrow. I don't need to be checking my phone every three seconds. And it was such a game changer for me in my dating life. So I definitely want that for you. If you are currently experiencing dating anxiety, you have to try Head to mindsetwellness.com and use code seeing other people at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping. And again, those are the calm gummies. I promise you, they will help you so much. And we are here with the one, the only Alyssa Lubachek from The Circle. Alyssa, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'm really, this is like so surreal that it's the two of us sitting here. I know. Yeah. So the funny thing is that you're Alyssa from The Circle, but you're also Alyssa from home. Yes. From school. From, from school. Great school. Childhood. Like yeah. how? It's so weird that like, like, how did we both end up here? I know. It really is wild. I mean. It's so cool. I, I remember when I heard that you were going on the circle, my jaw dropped and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> At first I was like, wait, I'm jealous. And then I was like, Alyssa's going to be incredible. Oh like, Thanks. how did, what was your reaction? Well, I like, I'd applied sort of like flippantly because I was in between doing a whole bunch of things and I thought it would just be fun. And I never, ever, ever thought that it would actually happen. And, you know, the whole process takes so long. Like I started interviewing in like June of last year and then I didn't actually leave for the show. I think until like uh, August, late August, um, wow. so it takes a little while. It takes a couple months. And then the day that I got the call, I was like babysitting and I was with these two kids and I get the phone call and it's like, you're going to England. Cause that's, that's where we film. Yeah. And me and these two children who have no idea what's going on are jumping up and down. And we're like, ah, it was just, oh so my God. But even then, like I tr like nothing could really prepare me for what that experience has been like, like even it didn't even feel real until this weekend when we did our little like circle rap party and being with people from the older seasons and our season and being like, Oh my God, like we are, we are all the same now. Like you are not uh, a celebrity unlike myself now. Like we are all the same. <laughs> and that's right. so strange. Cause I'm sure it was also strange. Like going from you left to film in August, like you filmed and then you came home, you went mm -hmm. back to your life while you yep. waited for it to come out. And then it came out. And then like, literally it's like overnight fame. Yes. It's like, it was maybe seven months from when we filmed to when we actually aired. And during that whole time, it was like, I think I spent most of my time trying to just lay low because I was like, I know it's going to be crazy when it all comes out. And I'm so glad I did. Oh, I immediately got a therapist too, because I was like, this is, I'm going to need you. Yep. And so, so um, me and Christine are on texting terms now because it's just been like such a whirlwind whirlwind. And like, you know, like coming from like a quiet little town, like this is so out of the realm of like possibility. And like, I, like I said, like nothing can really prepare you for this. And then this weekend we were all together and we're getting like stopped in the street by people who want to like take pictures. And I'm like, with me? like, it's just, it's been a, a, a wild time. I feel very lucky. Um, and I, especially because it's been such like a relatively smooth experience. Like I haven't had mm -hmm. any big, you know, terrible things, knock on wood. 
happen. So yeah. well, and, and hopefully you won't because you truly were so incredible and you were like wholeheartedly yourself and, and there's nothing that you said or did that I think could possibly like upset or offend anyone. And you so know, you would think you, that, <laughs> you think, but you never know. Trust. Oh, trust me. You should see the comments and the DMS that I get on a daily basis. Oh, and I'm sure. like, wait, I'm just trying to help people with their dating lives. Right. Like, relax. Oh, but know. hopefully people keep their, keep their paws off of you. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's the, a funny thing because at the end of the day, when you do shows or even like a TV show or even something like this, like you end up being like a character to the people who are consuming the content and less of like, like your job is to be a character to them at that yeah. point. And so, um, you have to just take it as such like if they're going to insult you they're insulting this character that that you're presenting on the show and yeah. and they're not they're not insulting like you as a person because they don't know you yeah you know yeah 100% and i i mean i hate to tie it back to dating here but that's kind of how i feel like people should approach dating apps. Like people mm -hmm. take things so personally on dating apps where it's like, oh, this person unmatched me or they didn't respond. Like why did they even swipe right? Like now they hate me or maybe I said something wrong. It's like, mm -hmm. they don't know you personally. They just right. know this two-dimensional thing of you and you're not even a real human until they actually meet you. Exactly. And like, it's kind of like when you're when you're on like Postmates or Grubhub or whatever and you're getting food and you're adding things to a cart and then you're like, me, I don't think I really want that. You, they did you a 100%, favor. 100%. They yes. did you a favor because they at least didn't waste your time more than they had to. You, you should want enthusiastic yeses across the board from, you know, beginning to end if you, well, hopefully not in the end, but from the beginning, if you yes. can help it. And so if you're having like, sort of like eh, feelings coming from the other person, it's not worth your time anyway. So if they've unmatched you or they've, you know, honestly, even if they've ghosted you, they did you a favor. They were not going to be exactly. that nice to you anyway. And, and if someone ghosted you, they do not have the emotional capacity to communicate and to like write mm -hmm. two sentences or pick up the phone and call you and just say like, Hey, I'm whatever, for whatever reason, you know, like they couldn't even do that. So right. you dodged a bullet. A hundred percent. I think that all the time, like that, that's not a person that you want to build something sustainable with anyway. They did you a favor. Absolutely. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. I have to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you don't know about Anchor, it's Spotify's podcast platform, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Trust me. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free, and you know I love free. Second of all, their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast directly from your phone or computer. 
What could be easier than that? Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you want it played. You can also make money from your podcast, no matter how few downloads you get regularly. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hope you love today's episode. Absolutely. It's not personal either. Yeah. So... Okay. You were in the circle and you were making such great connections with people all through messaging. Mm -hmm. So obviously that is very similar to what happens on dating apps and in like the texting phases. I'm curious if you picked up on any kind of tips or tricks that you could give to the seeing other people family about how to really like put your best foot forward in messages or like ask the right types of questions Mm -hmm. over message um, to help develop deeper connections with people. I think people get really kind of um, in their head with sounding cool. Like to, I have a friend who she's quite a bit younger than me. She's like 21, but she is very like using three emojis is too much. One is enough. And if you're using more than more than one, then like you're kind of weird or like whatever, whatever it may be. I think that when you're speaking through text and you're trying to communicate who you are as a person, just speak the way that you would like in, in real time as much as you can. Like one of the things, honestly, I don't think the way that I was typing was even nearly as entertaining as like Yu Ling who would type. And every time I saw her little, the bubble pop up that she was typing something, I was like, I can't wait to hear what this woman says because everything Mm -hmm. she said was just hysterical. And that's exactly how she talks. Like it's, she is, she sold herself accurately. That is exactly what she's like in real life. And so I think the closest you can get to how you are in real life via text is the way to go. Like, don't worry about like, um, I know people turn off their like capital, the auto cap thing or, or like, cause it's all lowercase. There was someone that I even got caught in that recently. There was someone that I was texting like months ago and the guy had, which he's like in his thirties. I'm like, why do you not have auto cap on? Do you conduct any sort of professional anything on your phone? I'm confused, but that's a whole other thing for a whole other day. Um, and he had, <laughs> he had the caps off and I found myself getting like insecure about like the, uh, the capitalization of my right, text like, messages. Should, you're like, should I not have caps? Like, right? is he judging like, me for my caps? I, right. I was like, do I, do I look stuck up? Is this a reflection of me being absolutely a loser? I'm so confused. And then I was like, that is so absurd and silly. Yeah. I also am a big fan of a voice note, which we couldn't love. love. We couldn't do on the circle, but like there was, there was someone that um, had texted me once. And like, at some point he just was like, he sent me a voice note. He was like, I'm really more of a voice note guy. This is so much better for me. And I, I was like, Oh my God. Are we in love? Um, because it was like one of my favorite things anyone ever said to me when trying to get to know me, because that's just so much easier. Realistically, like I love the idea of people being like, I am much more of a phone call person. Realistically, like it's just like not it's not gonna happen for most people. Um yeah. and I think people who like randomly FaceTime others without a warning are just absolutely psychopaths. Um, no, never do that to me. Um I know other people are different, but that just is a hard pass for me. Um, but yes, yeah, so I like a good voice note and throw emojis in there, throw hashtags, do like, just be yourself as much as you can. Don't worry so much about like looking cool because at the end of the day, like you are who you are and you want that person to embrace you immediately. If they think you're weird by the way that you text, or they think that like you're lame by the way that you text again, don't waste your time. Just be yourself. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Because also you want them to like you for who you are, not Mm -hmm. for the chill, laid back texture that you're pretending to be. Yeah. Like what even is that? Don't water yourself down for people. No. Because then you'll do that. You'll have to do that forever. And then, then, like, what is the point? You want to find somebody who who accepts you the way that you are immediately. Yeah. And truly nothing feels better than knowing that throughout the dating process, you're not playing games. You're Mm -hmm. not trying to put on, like, a cool facade. Like, you're just being yourself and they like you for who you are. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, that's – and that's how you build those, like – really beautiful, honest connections with people is when you like come to the table with this is everything that I got. And obviously, you know, there's some things maybe you want to wait and be it's more appropriate to hang on to until later. But in terms of your personality, like be everything that you are right away. That's so much more important. So much more important. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. So, okay, Alyssa, you are a sex educator and relationship coach. Yes. How did you end up doing that? What led you to do that? What's that been like? So I, um, when I was in LA, I lived there for like two years and it was during the pandemic. And so every job that I like thought I had lined up and ready to go fell through like pretty immediately. And so I needed a job. And so, um, the assisting of a sex coach position came up through like a friend of a friend. And I was like, you know what? I think it would be really fun for me. And so I applied, I got it. And I had such a good time with, with my boss. And I also learned so much. Like I couldn't believe how little we just, we learn unless we actively seek it out. And she said all the time, like, people are so worried about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And like, it's appropriate to know how your body works. Like that is important. So um, that was like a big game changing moment for me. And, and for her, she did a lot of like trauma remediation. So there were women, she worked specifically with women, sometimes with men, but mostly women. Um, there are women who had experienced like, um, a variety of like assaults, their husband cheated on them, or, um, they, well, there was one woman who, who had cervical cancer. And so she had lost like all of the feeling in her genital area. And um, her husband was, they, they've been married for like 30 something years. And her husband was like, this feels weird. Like, I don't really want to have sex with you because you can't feel anything. And it just feels like, you know, it feels strange. It could feel, it felt, I guess, probably some level of like unconsensual in some way, even though it was. Um, so, so yeah. And then that was that was like a big moment for me because I'm watching this person who's experienced this like very extreme pain and um, sort of grief losing part of your sex life, especially with your husband that you've been with for so long. And I watched my boss like completely remediate that for her. And she took her from a place of having no feeling at all to feeling like actual pleasure so she could enjoy her marriage again for the first time in, in years. And wow. so that whole experience was really life-changing for me. And then later that year I had booked the circle and I filmed the show and I knew like, I had already known that I wanted to pursue it on my own. But then after that, I knew like I was going to have a platform and it was really important to me to use that platform for like good solid reasons. And so I knew I wanted to get all of my um, education and certification ducks in a row so that when it aired, I could be like a helpful resource to people. 
Absolutely. What yeah. was that process like? Like what was the education that you had to get? Um, so I did a certification program with the Sexual Health Alliance. Um, and if you were to go to be a sex therapist, you would do the same coursework that I did, but you would go for like your master's degree or your PhD, um, go through the testing to be a therapist and then do this this training. Um, I didn't do any of that stuff because I'm not trying to be a therapist, um, but I did all of the other training. So it's a lot of reading um, labs and reading uh, like scientific journals. So it's very like dense reading, but it's important because everything that we want to communicate to people should be research and evidence backed um, so that we're providing true and honest information that is factual. Um, So much of sexuality is kind of bogged down in what's like a lot of like religion and politics and social things that that sort of um, muddy up the waters. And then it makes things confusing for people. Like I think that a lot of the times when I do these question boxes, the questions that I get, I would say like 80% of them are some variation of am I normal for X, Y, Z? And the answer is almost always yes. And it's, we just have all of these other influences that um, that get in the way of like seeing seeing things really clearly. So when I was going through the certification process and in that process, we do like quizzes and tests and essays and a presentation and, you know, the way that you would do any other coursework. Um, mm-hmm. When we were going through this whole process, it was really amazing to actually see these studies that were done that um, can actually give us tangible proof of the things that we are we're preaching to people. So and it's it's all things that make people feel better. Like I, it makes me it brings me so much joy to tell people like you are normal and everything is fine and everything you're doing is fine and healthy and just you know give people the power to embrace themselves and their sexual sexuality and create some sort of like agency around your own body um, and and making people feel empowered to use and express whatever they want to. Absolutely. And I, I have to say, like, I really admired how you approached it when you were on the show where you were like, cause I feel like people hear like sex coach, sex educator, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they think like, Oh, like she can tell me things about like how to have like better sex and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you probably can, but that wasn't your goal. You were like, no, like I love empowering women. I love yes. helping women heal, helping people mm-hmm. heal from their traumas. And I think that's so important because it's never talked about. And yeah. people who have gone through traumatic events, traumatic experiences, especially related to sex, related to their bodies, that is literally never spoken about. And Mm -hmm. people end up so isolated about it. And it's like, we're not raised to talk about this stuff. Even like, I, I taught health in high school. I was like, our school had um, a program for everyone listening called like peer leadership. And like, Mm -hmm. I literally taught the New York state health curriculum as a senior in high school to sophomore students. And we literally didn't talk about this. Yeah. I was a peer leader also. Oh my God. It sounds so funny. That's so funny. You have like weird parallel lives. Yeah, Um, really? But, but yeah. And what was I going to say? Oh, the other thing is it's not, it's not discussed enough. It's not discussed openly. We're kind of told that we should not talk about it at all. And it goes back to the way that we're raised even as kids, which is like Mm -hmm. nobody's fault necessarily. It's just been what's been happening culturally, like calling our genitals our private parts instead of calling them the actual names like a penis and a vagina or a vulva like I didn't even know that the vulva was like 
I didn't know what that was before I started this the work that I'm doing. And if you don't know, your vagina is only is just the inside, and um, your vulva is the whole external part of the female genital anatomy. So that's information that I didn't know, and it's my own body. Like that's crazy. And I remember like the my my biggest takeaway from health class um, was I remember our teacher. <laughs> Don't really know if I could say his name, so I won't. But I remember our teacher <laughs> saying once, um, he was really trying to get us to like embrace condom use. And he was like, if you guys are if you're with your with your partner and you're already naked, no one is going anywhere. No one's going anywhere. So you can absolutely grab a condom and put it on because no one is leaving. Everyone has made a decision here and no one's going anywhere. And I think that was great advice. great advice. And I still, I think about that all the time, even now, but that's like literally the only thing I remember. Yeah. I didn't even remember that part, but now that you said it, I do. I mean, I only remember that normal is just a setting on a washing machine and you'd rather have a mad friend than a dead friend. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. That is funny. Yes. I was thinking about, I was thinking about normal is just a setting on a washing machine yesterday. It's hysterical. (laughs) It is great phrase it really is it is but you know and part of it's not it's part of it is not even like the fault of it's really not the fault of the health the health teachers at all um no, oh not at all no most states in the united states don't require comprehensive sex education beyond abstinence so what's funny about that is the places that only require and only teach abstinence are also the states that have the highest rate of teen pregnancy so it's you're not stopping people from having sex. You're just stopping them from doing it safely. Yeah, and, and in an educated way. And, and it yeah. goes back to what you were saying before with like religion and politics. And that's yes. why. And it is really so sad um, that that's the way our country works. But right. that's why it's amazing that you're doing what you're doing with your platform. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> So obviously there are so many like complicated and confusing parts about navigating sex and sexual health, especially Mm -hmm. in the age of hookup culture. Mm -hmm. So I have a few listener questions about this and I'm hoping you can give some great answers. So for the first one, from a health perspective, Mm -hmm. if someone's been on a, a date or a few dates with someone, or they met someone at a bar, they end up back at their apartment how or should they bring up like, hey, when's the last time you got tested? Or like, hey, do you have a condom? Because I feel like people are so afraid to ask those things because they feel Mm -hmm. like the second they bring it up, the person's not going to want anything to do with them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think here's the thing. If the person doesn't want anything to do with you after you've asked that question, that's not a really, that's not a person that you should be um, sleeping with anyway. Because ultimately, yeah. like, that's a safe, that's a safety thing. Like, you want to be safe. And there are absolutely, you know, STIs that you can get that you'll take an antibiotic for and you'll be fine. But there are some that you might not have symptoms for. And then if you don't get checked, you could be infertile later in life. You could have kidney failure later in life. Like, there's so many, like, some of these are really serious. And people don't get tested enough. Like, I especially in the age of hookup hookup culture, it seems really ridiculous to say that you should get tested between every partner. That seems really silly. Um, I think for some people, but in, that is the truth. Like you should, if you're, especially if you're not going to be having protected sex, because some of these 
STIs are life-changing and life-altering and you're putting your health at risk. And so I always feel like the best time to ask is like, as things are getting hot and heavy. So like before the actual, um, like clothes might still be on, but you know that they're coming off. Then you could just be like, have you gotten tested recently? If not, can we use a condom? And if they get weird about that, that's on them. It's not on you. Like you are your, your own priority at the end of the day. Like this person may come and go. You are your own priority. You have to have your own best interest in mind. And I know that it's hard once you've gotten to that point to draw a boundary of like, of um, saying that I need to prioritize myself and, you know, leave if you have to, if this person is being a jerk or whatever it is. But, but, you know, nothing is worth risking yourself and your own health. Um, Because like I said, it could be something you take an antibiotic for, or it could be something that, you know, ruins your immune system for the rest of your life and shortens your lifespan. And when it comes down to that's, that's a real possibility. And when it comes down to it, ask the awkward question, because you want to be around, you want to be around to experience all the rest of the things that you want to in your life. Not all STIs are, are life and death, but some of them, some of them are. And so mm-hmm. it's just worth asking. Yeah. And, if, and if going back to what weird, you said. Yeah, exactly. If that person is weird, going back to what you said in the beginning, if they are, if they suddenly don't want to continue taking their clothes off with you, if they don't want to sleep with you, if they don't want to use a condom, mm-hmm. that says everything you need to know about that. Yes. Very much. And I, I have had friends recently like go on a few dates with somebody and then they were about to have sex and the person literally said like, no, I don't use condoms. And they were like, okay, then we're not having sex. And he Good was for like, them. and he like argued with it. That's crazy. That is crazy. But you can also, I mean, like, that's so wild. That makes me so angry. <laughs> um, I know. But I think it's also a good idea if you're someone who's like, more casually dating and you're go like my tired ass stays the hell home. So I'm not as, as much out in the world as I used to be. But when I was like really actively dating, I always had a condom in my wallet and you can go to, and it's like, it's only one that I would have with me, but you can go to like um, health clinics, Planned Parenthood, and they'll have them in like a little thing at the front. You just grab one and leave. And, yeah. and you just have they to, want you to take them. They, they want, want you to you take to them. them, take them, take Take it, put it in your bag or in your wallet and bring it with you anytime you go on a date. And if that person is weird, you leave because that person doesn't have your best interest in mind. To me, those are, those are, I'm assuming that's mostly the men who are saying they're not, they're not doing it. So Mm -hmm. those are men who are going to treat you like, for lack of a better term, like a whole, they don't care about you as a person, if that's what they're doing. And that's, again, they've saved you some time. And it's disappointing and you have every right to be sad, but at the end of the day, they've saved you some time and saved you some energy and effort because that's not a person who cares about you. Like they care about having sex with you. And I promise you there's someone else who will also want to have sex with you who will wear a condom or get tested and show you the results, you know? Yeah. 1000%. Okay. Next question. I have two questions that are kind of similar. Um, Mm -hmm. the first one is for those who have specific sexual needs, desires, or fears, how can they best communicate that with new partners? And then the one that's kind of similar is what is the best way to approach being intimate for the first time with a new partner? I would say, um, if you have fears that you feel uncomfortable expressing, 
it's worth waiting to sleep with the person until you can. Like, don't make yourself uncomfortable because you will likely perpetuate whatever that fear um, or like maybe it's internalized trauma. You will you'll end up internalizing it even further, I think. So I think your best bet is to wait. Um, as long as you can, so that you feel comfortable having those conversations. And it could just be, you know, you're sitting on the couch and you're cuddling and you're just having like a nice conversation. You say, I just, I have to bring something up because I really like you. And, um, and I want to like continue with everything that we're doing, but I have to bring this up before we do. And, you know, whether it's like, I've had some really bad experiences in the past. And so um, I get like a little bit shy or whatever it is. Whatever the, the fear is, take your time before you have the conversation. Really think about and identify what is that fear? What is the feeling that you feel? How do you feel it? And why is it important that that person knows that? And how can that person care for you in that moment? Like I know um, there's even some like biological parts of it too. Like if you've had experience with um, any sort of sexual assault you might not experience like wetness in the same way that other people would. Um, and other sort of like those precursors to arousal might not happen for you the same way. And that's all completely fixable. All of it is fixable. You just need to give yourself and your body time. Um, one of the things that we used to say all the time, my old boss and I, um, is to really like notice, really take moments of like noticing this is the feeling that I'm feeling. And this is where it's landing in my body. And if you can communicate that internally, you'll have a much easier time communicating that to the partner so that they have a better idea of how to care for you in those moments. So you can continue to have these, you know, more successful encounters and hopefully remediate some of that. Over time, those feelings will start to naturally fade if you can find a partner who is going to like actually put the care and energy in. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. And I also think, you know, you started by saying like when you're cuddling or, or like just sitting on the couch, you can start to bring it up. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that helped me because I have had like bad experiences in the past with sex and intimacy is starting out by just kind of testing the waters. Like, how does it feel to open up to this person about this? Not mm -hmm. fully, but like cracking the door open. I don't have to swing it open. And how are they reacting? Are they making me feel more safe? Are they being patient and understanding and then asking like what they can do? And in hearing their response, that usually made me feel more comfortable to open up even further, whether mm -hmm. it be like in that moment or another time. But it yeah. did at least indicate to them like, okay, well, like we're not having sex right now. And right. that's kind of what I needed to communicate. Yeah. And, and if you can avoid it, if like, if you are a person who needs more time, but you have a hard time in that situation, creating the boundary, which I've experienced that in the past too, where I would need more time and I knew I needed more time. But like, if, if the, my partner or my date didn't need more time, I would just be like, eh, it's fine. And like, it's not really fine. And so if you're a person who has a hard time drawing that boundary, try really hard to have as many dates as you can out in public first. And then once you start to have dates that are like at your house or his house or whatever, that's when, um, when you can find just like a quiet moment where you, you're feeling safe, start to crack that door open and see how they start to react. And um, I think the biggest thing is like, you know, 
I think people are a lot more um, open and um, embracing and are willing to work with you on things if you're really open in communicating. I think people start to like close up and get nervous when they don't know what to do. If you just kind of tell them like, you know, I was sexually assaulted and X, Y, and Z and give them your experience and just sort of like hand it to them. You can't expect a person to know what to do with that. And especially to know what to do with that for you specifically to make your, um, your life easier and make this experience easier. So really take the time to focus on yourself and consider what is the feeling that you're having? What can this person do to make you feel better? So that when you have that conversation, um, you can be open and honest. Even if the answer is, I'm not really sure what I need, but as we like go through our whole experience dating, I just want you to know that so that you can be like, you know, whatever, extra receptive to, mm-hmm. to when I just need like a, a second to like cool off or whatever it is. I just want to give you the background so that you know if later down the road um, something feels like a little bit off, it's probably related to this. I promise I'm fine and we'll circle back and talk about it and it'll all be fine. I think people just appreciate the heads up and the back round from you and if they really care about you they'll be patient and they'll listen and they'll take the time yeah absolutely and going back to what you said about like in the earlier dates like doing things out of the house and stuff mm-hmm. if you do end up going back to someone's apartment one thing that I always did that kind of empowered me to say like okay I feel like I'm in control here is like, as we'd be walking back, whether it be like my apartment or their apartment, we'd be getting to the door. I would be like, by the way, like you can come up, but we're not having sex or like, I'll come up, but we're not having sex. I would just say that right then. And there Mm -hmm. when I like, it was on my mind and they would be like, okay. And I will say like nine out of 10 times that they respected that. And Mm -hmm. like, and I felt totally comfortable, like just like relaxing and enjoying whatever we were doing. And then in the one out of 10 times that they weren't, that told me everything I needed to know about them. Exactly. Exactly. They, again, saved you a lot of time. Yeah. I think, I think we, we internalize things like that as rejection, but in reality, what that is, is a person who's either just, you know, that person is just not there for you. And that doesn't mean that they're a bad person, but that means they're not a good fit for you in one way or another anyway. So I think part of this whole like dating process, especially now is really embracing that people are looking for someone else who matches them. And in the event that that doesn't happen for one reason or another, that doesn't mean that you are not worthy and that you don't have value. It just means that person wasn't for you. And that's okay because the likelihood of you finding your person, you know, right away is slim. You got to do some shopping, got to do some shopping. And I think it also, a lot of it is about timing too. So maybe that person would be great for you years from now, but right now they're trying to like just hook up with whatever is moving. And And that doesn't say anything bad about them or bad about you. It's just not a right fit. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's not a rejection. It's not a rejection. It's just not a good fit. Yep. And yeah, you're not supposed to like and be liked and fit with every single person you go on a date with. That's just not possible. Exactly. 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 
Yep. Okay. Next question I have is how can I trust that someone isn't going to leave after I have sex with them? I think the best way to kind of safeguard yourself there is to wait as long as you can. If you're trying to um, have this person stick around, your best bet is to, is to wait a couple of dates. If you don't, if you, if you sleep with someone sooner, doesn't mean anything aside from you just haven't been able to learn enough about that person yet. But, um, and that there's nothing wrong with having dates, you know, having a first date where um, you end up going home with each other. And maybe that is somebody that you end up dating for a long time. It doesn't, you know, mean one thing one way or another, but you'll have a better chance of knowing if they're going to stick around if you spend a couple of dates with them. Um, And there's nothing that you can really do to force someone to stay. There's nothing you can like, you know, if, if they wanted to just sleep with you and leave, like they, they're going to do that. The best thing you can do is have an open um, communication with them. I would say if, if that's a pattern that you're seeing in your, in your dating life to wait at least three dates and by that third date, have a conversation with them and be like, Hey, I really like you. Um, and I want to continue seeing you, but I just wanted to know, like, are you looking for something more serious or do you, are you looking for something more casual? All of those things are fine, but I just want to know before this like, you know, progresses. And I think more times than not, people are almost like caught off guard by how honest that is. And they'll give you an honest answer. So I think have that conversation before you actually sleep with the person, regardless of the timeline, and you'll, you'll see better success, but wait as long as you can, if you feel like you're unsure, Um, because you don't know a person that well after a single day. So you can't really say whether a person is going to stay or go unless you talk about it. I wish more than anything that that question was normalized. Mm -hmm. Like everybody should be allowed and encouraged to go on a date and ask that question and then know where the other person's at. I know. But you know what? Like, so I'm 28. I turned 29 later this year. For me now that I will ask, I will ask anyone that question 20 minutes into a date. I don't care. I will ask them because I just don't have the time and I don't have the energy and like dating is fun, but like there's so many other things that go on in life. And like, I have to reserve my energy for other things. And so I think, especially as you get older, that question does get normalized. But when you're in like your early twenties, that feels like a very scary thing to ask. It feels like you're asking someone to marry you. And I know that it does, (laughs) but it's, but really like for the people who take it that way, um, that's on them. It just is because what you're asking is, um, I think if you also say to them, it's to whatever you, whatever you want to do is totally cool. I just want to be able to make like a better decision for myself. Totally. Again, I think people are, well, the men especially will be like, Oh, 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 um, okay. I guess I have to address this now. And I think you'll catch people off guard, but again, you'll save yourself a lot of time and you'll save yourself a lot of energy. You don't want to like emotionally invest into someone thinking that you're going to date them. And then later down the road, you find out that that wasn't even what they were looking for from the start. Like I've, 
I've had so many of those experiences, especially so when I was in my early twenties. Oh my God. We were dating someone and you're like, this is going so well. We're going to get married. I'm so excited. And then, you know, you get that one text and it's like, I've had so much fun, but, um, I'm not looking for anything serious. So bye. And I'm like, huh? Then what were we doing for two months? Or no, what's worse is that text that says, I've had so much fun. I'm not looking for anything serious, but like, I'm letting you know that. And I'm happy to keep hanging out if you are. Cause I like hanging out with you because that text I mm -hmm. got so many times and mm -hmm. every single time I'm like, well, they like me, right. They want to keep hanging out with me. So I'm going to keep hanging out with them and convince yes. them to want to date me. And that no. obviously never fucking happened. Yes. Yes. We are not taught how to like set boundaries for ourselves no. enough. And that I think before you even go out on a date with anybody, you should mentally set boundaries of this is like right now I'm in a place where I want to have a serious relationship. So if I go out with this person, even if there's so much fun and they're so hot and I want to touch their butt all night long, I won't do it because I know that I'm going to look for something in this that's not there. And yeah. that's really, really important. And you should not have to convince someone to date you and you shouldn't have to, but you also will not. You won't like that never happens. It will not happen. And you should want, like I said, the enthusiastic yes from the start. Absolutely. Okay. A few listener questions that are a little more lighthearted now. Okay. Um, <laughs> one, Alyssa said Brew was hot after she met him on the circle. <laughs> Did they meet up after the show? So, okay. So I don't know how many people, I feel like everyone knows, but he has this incredible, beautiful girlfriend named Anna. I'm and the biggest fan of the brew and Anna. Like oh. I freaked out when I saw that brew was on the show. Yes. And then I was, I was like, Oh, interesting. Like he's, he's, at, he's playing. He's not straight up playing that he's single, but he's mm -hmm. not mentioning that he has a girlfriend. But then I was like, I'm so excited to like see Anna, like yeah. supporting him when it comes out. So we filmed that last year when they had, um, and I actually, I saw them all this weekend. And so I, I like really understood the timeline better. So while they were on the show, they had like just met or when he was on the show, they had just met each other. And so they had like spent a lot of time together, but they hadn't had like the talk yet, the partially talk. because Brew was going on the show. So Anna was like, I want him to have, I'm sure she's fine with me explaining this because it's all like lovely and, and fine. But she was like, I want him to have whatever experience he's going to have. So they knew each other and they knew that they liked each other, but they also were like, I'm going to be realistic about this. He's going to be gone for a month. And they set their boundaries. Okay, everyone, they set their boundaries, write it down, set their boundaries. And they went, Brew went on, on the show and came back. Um, and after he came back, he, um, I mean, he did like really lovely things for her while he was away. Like he was like writing her letters that he would, he gave to her after he got home, like things like, like they're very like romantic with each other. And it's like, it's the sweetest, most heartwarming thing in the world, especially cause they're, they're on like the younger end too. I think they're both like 25 ish. Yeah. So I'm like, where did you guys get this energy from? This is beautiful. I love it. Um, so he, he had in his mind that like he wanted to be with her, but it was just not discussed yet. So like being on the show, I also, I didn't, I had never seen his TikToks before, which is like one of the funniest things about the TikTok algorithm, because how does this man have 3 million followers? And I had no idea who he was. And the pictures right. that he had in the show, to be fair, don't look that much like him. So I think I was also sort of caught off guard by like, oh my God, he looks like Sean Mendez. Like what is going on? Like he looked so like normal boy from... Michigan and he ha he's like you know extremely handsome so 
I was like partially just caught off guard because I was not who I was expecting when I walked into the room. Yeah. And I also said that in the hallway, by the way. I was nowhere in, near Brew's room, but production was like, ooh, let's put that in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then Brew and I actually took the plane, our plane um, from the UK back to LA together. And on the plane, we were just talking about like dating life in LA. And he was like, um, he was basically talking about Anna without talking about Anna. So he was like, I think um, I wouldn't want to date anybody who's lived in LA too long. I think I would want to date somebody who's like kind of closer to my hometown. And they're, they're both from Michigan. Like, you know, it's, he was basically, he was, he was referring to her the whole plane ride without actually, without Mm. actually talking about her. So nothing ever happened between Brew and I, we've always stayed friends. I saw the both of them all weekend long and they're both, like such lovely, wonderful people. They're exactly how you want them to be. Like just bubbly and sweet and like welcoming and kind um, and truly just like perfect for each other. I can't even believe how many people are like, what's going on with you and Brew? And I'm like, you want, you want me to home wreck that? <laughs> the per, like the most beautiful, lovely, wonderful <sighs> It's so pure and they're perfect for each other. I'm like, are you guys out of your mind? Well, I would simply never, never. Yep. They're great. I love them. Same. Yeah. Big fan. Big, big Mm -hmm. fan. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Next question. Alyssa, do you think your dating life is going to be different now that you have this newfound fame? Um, maybe I, it's, Netflix fame and like internet fame are so interesting because like there's many times where no one will know who I am. And even if I tell them exactly where I am from, like I could be Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I was on a Netflix show. There's going to be plenty of people who don't care. So I think it's sort of 50, 50. I don't think that I want, I would want to date somebody who is um, like also in like from a reality show necessarily. I think that there's like, um, not always, but there's a lot of like egos in the room. And so I wouldn't want to do that. I would want to like date somebody who's relatively like, you know, normal, has a normal, normal person job and does normal people things. Um, I don't really know. I haven't really tried to date because it's just so like, there's been so much happening all the time. I feel like you haven't had a minute. No, I haven't. (laughs) And, (laughs) and it's also like now there was, there's, been conversations where I've had to have have I've had to have with people where I've had to say you know like I don't know what my life looks like for the next even like two months so it seems sort of unfair to like pull somebody into that who you know can't relate to what that's like right now Mm -hmm. like anybody who is has like a super stable normal day-to-day life where they can kind of project what the next couple of weeks or months are going to look like for them I can't do that for them like my life is not stable enough so it's all sort of like TBD, um, and and we'll just have to see. I don't know. It's definitely different, though. I feel how different it is, um, partially because now I I have to think about like if people are gonna try and hang out with me because they want me to like tag them in an Instagram story or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Strange. Yeah. To it's be weird. continued. To be yes. To be continued. Yes. Um, exactly. <laughs> What is your zodiac sign and do zodiac signs mean anything with the sex aspect of our lives? I'm not a I don't know that much about zodiac signs. I'm a Libra. Um and apparently I'm I am a very Libra Libra, but I don't know anything. Like I here's the thing. I'm I 
want all of the work that I do to be based on like research and studies that have been done for a long time with like a diverse group of people. And, and I don't really think that things like, like horoscope signs, not that they're not legitimate because I don't really know if they are or they aren't, but I don't really think that people do studies the same way based on like signs, you know? So I feel like sometimes it's a helpful tool for people to like identify their own behaviors and be like, oh, I'm a Leo. So I have really strong energy or whatever it is. And maybe that's a good way for them to like, um, have some level of self-awareness. But beyond that, I am the wrong person to ask. I don't know. I didn't live in LA that long. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm right there with you on all of that. I feel Mm -hmm. like like people turn to astrology similarly to how some people turn to religion, like when they want to give meaning to something, they want to understand something more or right. like help themselves. Yeah. Like kind of give meaning to things. So right. right exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. My last question for you is what is the best piece of dating advice you've ever gotten? Oh man. The best piece of dating advice. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you this in two parts because the best piece of sex advice Mm. is wetter and slower is always better buy lube buy it you won't regret it i promise you you won't um when are you gonna get a lube sponsor oh girl i'm on it i am on it i I went to the museum of sex recently um and the bartender was like she had all of these different types of flavored lubes and she had like little sample sizes of them and she gave me a bunch of them and so that I just like have them in my purse and I was out once and I was talking to a friend about how she needed to buy lube and I was like oh my god I I literally have some do you want some and she was like this this evolution that you've had is a lot for me um (laughs) but anyway so dating advice I would say I think the biggest thing, especially now with dating is you're like, I feel like I've said, you know, this whole time is you're looking for somebody who's a good, good fit for you. So anytime that things don't work out, it's not a rejection. It was just never a good fit. And that's okay. It has nothing to do with you. You still hold all of the same value that you did as a person, as a human being, as a friend, as a sibling, as a kid, as a you know, a coworker, you hold all of those same values as a human being. And if something doesn't work out in your dating life, it just means that person wasn't for you. And that's totally, totally fine. Make sure that you're clear with the boundaries you want to set for yourself. And when it comes down to those tough conversations, just push yourself and have them just say it, just say it, throw it out there, say it. And if that person, if it's not received, well, that person wasn't for you and it's time for you to dip and that's fine. You'll find there's, there's so many people out there and there's so much time. Like my whole life changed when I was 26, my whole life changed at 26. Like I cannot emphasize what a 180 this has been for me and my life. So if you are, if you are at any point in your life feeling like you're running out of time and you're, you're kind of like up against a wall in terms of, of like your career or your dating life or whatever, I promise you I promise you, you are not. There's so much time to learn and to grow and to find your person and you're going to be fine. I promise you'll be fine. 
That was beautiful. I'm like getting a little emotional. Starts crying. Like, wipes tears. No, that was incredible. I, I couldn't have said it, any of it better myself. Um, Alyssa, thank you so, so much for being here. Oh God, Where can you. everybody find you? I am on TikTok and Instagram at Alyssa Lube. It's L-J-U-B. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really use it that much. But my Twitter is Thicky Lovato. I just have to throw that in there whenever I can. Um, <laughs> I have a YouTube channel too, and it's linked on my Instagram. And I'm always doing like question boxes for sex ed content. So if anybody has any questions for me, I'm always I'm always accepting them. So I've been watching those. They've been amazing. Thank you yeah. for everything that you're doing. And um, it's just, I really admire it and look up to it and look up to you. So thank you. I mean, you're doing the Lord's work too. We're doing, we're in this together. We're out here trying our best. We really are. We are out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To everyone who tuned in, don't forget to send this episode to a friend who you think would benefit from hearing it, which means all of your friends because <laughs> this stuff is not talked about enough. And once you all listen to it together, you can talk about it together. And don't forget to make sure you are following on Spotify, subscribed on Apple, giving a five-star rating and review, and share this on your Instagram story if you loved it. Tag Alyssa, tag the yes. other people, and we will see you next time. <laughs>